But good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this seventh Sunday of Easter, the Sunday that we celebrate the ascension of our Lord Jesus to the right hand of the Father. And before we begin our celebration and our worship, a few things to share with you. First, uh, there will be a short council meeting following worship, so council members, please stick around following worship if you are able uh, also, the Sunday newsletter articles are due, so if you have anything for the newsletter, please get that in so the newsletter can go out later this week. Uh, you'll also notice in your bulletin that there's no insert for the readings today, uh, so the responsive reading for Psalm 47 will come from your hymnal, so you may want to get that. get that ready if you're not used to using the hymnal for the psalm this morning. Are there any other announcements or any prayer requests for the congregation this morning? Yeah, first. Can you add Braden Chick to the prayers? He was in that accident on 117 the other okay. day. He was a classmate of Aaron's. Yeah, it's Braden. Braden Chick. Yeah. Yep. Also Jim. Jim was in his class too. Yeah, he's in Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. For Aaron's class. All right. If there are no other requests, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. and I invite you to stand in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen. Almighty God to whom all hearts are open all desires known and from whom no secrets are hid cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord Amen, Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. 
Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you, God, word and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, your blessed Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Mercifully give us faith to trust that as he promised, he abides with us on earth to the end of time, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. 
Luke writes, in the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. We'll now read Psalm 47 responsibly. Clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with a joyful sound. The Lord decides to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Who subdues the, people, the peoples under us and the nations under our feet? The Jews are inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom God loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a ram's horn. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our kings. For God is king of all the earth. Sing praises with a song. God reigns over the nations. God is enthroned on high. The nobles of the peoples have gathered as the people of the God of Abraham. The rulers of the earth belong to God, who is highly exalted. A reading from Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power." God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written 
that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led, then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So just before his ascension to the right hand of the Father, Jesus, we're told, opens up the minds of the apostles to understand the scriptures. He then gives them a very brief sermon, a sermon that itself will open up the whole Bible to them. And so he preaches this last sermon to them, and it goes like this. Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead, on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Indeed, the Bible tells us Christ has died, Christ has risen, and what Christ tells us here is that it becomes necessary that the effects, the good news of his death and resurrection, are to be proclaimed to the whole world. But notice how Jesus phrases this Repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in my name to all nations. In grammar, that's called the passive voice. It means the subject of the sentence is being acted on. Repentance and forgiveness is to be proclaimed. And we often use this kind of grammatical, grammatical construction when we want to make our authority clear. For example, we might say to our children, your room will be cleaned before you go to a friend's house, right? or your homework is to be done. That lawn is to be mowed. Because phrasing it like that takes any choice out of the matter away. And so what is to be done is laid right out for you to do. This isn't soft kind of parenting. Please clean your room before you go to a friend's house. This is that room is to be cleaned or else. And you hear the difference. And children, of course, hear that difference too. Because if you leave any room for them to say, I didn't know that you meant it had to be clean today, then they're going to seize that opportunity and not clean their room. And so that's exactly what Jesus sets forth for the apostles. He doesn't give them options. In his authority as the risen Lord, he tells them what to do. He doesn't give them wiggle room to decide how they're going to spend their lives it's established for them. Repentance and the forgiveness of sins in my name is to be proclaimed. Right? There's no, go back to Galilee and save up some money before you embark on this preaching. Go take a gap year. Uh, go into social work. Go into political advocacy. Go to college for a degree. Whatever for the apostles. Jesus lays it out for them. This is the way it's going to be. The forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed. In the creeds, we say that we believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Well, this is what we mean. 
The church is the Catholic and apostolic church when it continues in doing the very thing that Jesus has set out for the apostles. That is, preaching the forgiveness of sins in the name of Christ. That's the apostolic witness of the church. And so just as the apostles were set out to do this thing, so we, even now, are set out to do the same thing. The church is a lot of things to a lot of people. For some denominations, the church is primarily seen through the lens of organization. For example, the Catholic Church believes that the church is apostolic, but for them, that means it's connected to the apostles through the structure of its bishops and through the pope. And as Lutherans, we're okay with bishops. There's nothing wrong with bishops. There's not even anything wrong with having a highest bishop you can call the pope. But we're very clear that that's not what makes the church the church. And so instead, we go back to Jesus' words here. What makes the church the church is that the repentance and forgiveness of sins are being proclaimed in the name of Christ. For others, the church is primarily about community, an opportunity to be social, to worship together, to find encouragement in one another, and so on. And all of those are great benefits of the church, but they don't make the church because it's the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins that makes the church the church. And for others, the church becomes an opportunity to do good, to help others, to advocate for justice. And again, those are all great things that the church can be doing. But the fundamental thing that makes us the church is the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins. And so we keep this in mind because the truth is we all want to make church, the church, into the image of whatever we believe to be the most important. We'll want our congregation, our synod, our denomination, the whole church Catholic everywhere to be a reflection of what we think is important. But in that, we have to be careful to avoid making idols in the church. Because Christ has said we have one primary job to do. We have one primary message to get out into the world. And our mission, the opportunities we have in this world, are focused really on that one message. And if we don't have that message to bring to the world, then we're not really being the church. Jesus says that we are witnesses to the most important news in the world. It's the news we call the gospel. And it's through proclaiming this good news that we become the city on a hill. This is how we let our light shine in the world, how we become the salt of the earth, because we get the joyous task of telling people that in the name of Jesus Christ, their sins are forgiven. To be part of the church is to get to share in that news. We all know this. We know the church is not formed around music, around architecture, around flowers, around anything external. It's not focused on service projects, but the church instead is a creature of the word of the gospel. Several months ago, I was outside one morning when it was still dark in the winter, and I looked up and I unexpectedly saw Elon Musk's SpaceX satellite train called Starlink. I don't know if you've seen it, but I was taken a little aback when I saw it by its brightness, by its size, how it traveled across the sky. If you haven't seen it, there's really nothing quite like it in the night sky. But I read just recently that SpaceX is receiving all kinds of criticism 
because this, the satellites in the chain are causing light pollution. And so astronomers and those who watch the sky aren't happy that the satellites are obscuring their views and so on. And so Musk and SpaceX are now working on solutions to make the satellites practically invisible in the night sky, trying to dim the light that's reflected off them, and so on. And so whether that's a legitimate concern or not, I don't know, I'm not an astronomer. But we see that SpaceX is giving in to external pressures to make their satellites less visible, to make their lights not shine. And in the same way, there will always be pressure on the church to make the light of the gospel less visible. There are pressures to make the church a political party at prayer. Our own denomination falls into this trap too much for my liking. We often hear from our churchwide on controversial political topics of the day, but we so very little hear about repentance and forgiveness of sins in the name of Christ. There will always be pressures on us to make the church to be a place of entertainment, a place relevant for young and diverse populations, a place that functions as a social group, a place for character building, or whatever is fanciful in today's trends. But we always have to go back to the word that Jesus has given us before his ascension. And that is the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins. And as we read that commission that Jesus gives his apostles and gives to us, it should be no surprise that when Jesus did ascend, the apostles went back to Jerusalem, and Luke tells us they went with great joy, and they went constantly blessing God in the temple. Because what they understood was that the commission that Jesus gave them was a great one. It's a source of joy. They get to spend their lives telling people that Christ has been crucified for them, that Christ is risen for them, and now their sins are forgiven. They get to tell people that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. They didn't have to stress about strategies to work out to attract the world. They didn't have to have all the answers. They didn't have to have their philosophies completely laid out. But Christ freed them up to joyfully preach to the world the forgiveness of sins. And Christ who is now almighty at the right hand of the Father, is about the business of forgiving sinners. Because he's at the right hand of God, there's no power in creation greater than Christ. And so that's where all of us fit into the story of the Great Commission, of Christ's ascension, because we fit into this very apostolic message. The message of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is for you. Because in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. And we know this is true and we can confess it and hold on to it. Because Christ has ascended as the Lord Almighty over everything. Christ is the Lord over you. He is the Lord over your sins, over your temptations, over everything in this world. Christ has subjected it under his feet. And so now as part of the church... You have that great opportunity to live in the freedom of that. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it worked out. You don't have to know everything. All you have to do is receive this message that you are forgiven. And if Christ, the Lord of all, is for you, who can stand against you? 
And so embrace what it means to be a witness to that truth. Take that joy, take that news into your homes, to your workplace, to your many endeavors. As Christ says, you are witnesses of the gospel, primarily because you are ones who have received the gospel, because you have received the forgiveness of sins in the name of Christ. Amen. Stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with Spirit. Yeah. 
Pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. O Lord, your Son has ascended to sit at your right hand until you make all enemies his footstool. Fix our eyes on him, ruling in the midst of his enemies, that we may have no fear of them, but abide in his peace. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, you have put all things under Jesus' feet and given him as a head to the church. Have mercy on this congregation where, you, where your people gather. Give your pastors wisdom and insight to hold fast to the message of the forgiveness of sins. And open the ears of all who hear, that together we may rejoice to be Christ's body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Lord, in your mercy. Father of glory, you raised your son from the dead and established him at your right hand to give us a place in your eternal household. Bless our homes as we await the resurrection. Be the companion and consolation of those who live in solitude. Strengthen husbands and wives that their love would exemplify the love between Christ and his church. And bless parents and children as they gather around your word in thankfulness. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authorities and powers and dominions. Guide all such authorities on earth, especially our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael, that they may govern wisely, operate with integrity, and maintain peace. Lord, in your mercy. And merciful Father, look with compassion on all who suffer in mind, body, or spirit, especially Charlie, Jane, Linda, Gloria, Allison, Linda, Steve, Roxanne, Rose, Marilyn, Tony, Carolyn, and Braden. Lord, in your mercy. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son sits at your right hand and is present with us in his body and blood in the sacrament. Preserve your people and give them faithful hearts to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins at your altar. Lord, in your mercy. All of these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of him who has ascended and reigns at your right hand, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
us pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way that all may know your care. And prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and it is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and Merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, who enthroned forever at your right hand intercedes for us as our great High Priest. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending Indeed, holy, almighty, and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in this body and blood of Christ may be filled with the heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Serve the Lord.